You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, Hey everybody, welcome to another installment of the Savage Lovecast. I'm Dan Savage, and this of course is the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. The way the podcast works, people call in and record questions, and the number of course, if you want to record a question yourself for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. And then I go to a very small room next to a very noisy street, and every once in a while the tech-savvy at-risk youth play the question for me, and then I just explode into this here microphone in my face. We have a lot of questions. We don't actually have much time today, so we're going to get right to it. Hi, Dan. I'm a 22-year-old female, and I've been in a relationship for about a year. Uh, the guy I'm dating, he's 24, and he says he loves me, but he's not in love with me. I'd asked him before about it. Um, I told him I loved him, and I've I've asked him several times, and each time I kind of break down and I, I worry about it and he says he loves me and he says he's not in love with me or sometimes he says that he thinks he is but he's not sure. Uh, this is my third serious relationship and he has only had one before me and it lasted eight months and he says he was in love with her but he didn't actually know that until they had broken up once before. And then when they got back together, he said that he knew that he was in love with her. So um, he says it is a possibility that he's in love with me, but he doesn't know it. Um, I'm just wondering where I should go from here because I worry about it. Um, I worry that it's it's never going to happen and it's a year too long. Should he be in love with me by now? I know it's, I guess it's different for everybody, but is there some sort of time limit on that? Uh, he's asked me to move in with him a couple times, but I've told him that I I can't because of that one thing that's lacking there. Um, why would I move in with someone who's not in love with me when that's just going to kind of be a deal breaker in the end? So if you're pathetic, bullshit boyfriend realized he was in love with his last girlfriend after she dumped his ass and not before, clearly your course of action is to dump his ass. You got to see this for what it is. Um, He's emotionally stunted, perhaps, has a problem with intimacy, has a bullshit, cliche, tiresome, done-to-death male fear of intimacy thing going on, and you shouldn't hang out and you shouldn't suffer at, at the hands of it. It is kind of emotionally cruel of him to keep you dancing around as he hems and haws about whether he loves you or is in love with you and he's not sure. You know what? If you're incapable of reading your own heart, if you're incapable of determining whether or not you're in love with someone, you shouldn't be with anyone, period. You know or you don't know. And there's a certain point, and a lot of straight guys seem to have a problem with this, there's a certain point at which you decide to be in love, where you make, what do they call that fucking thing again? A commitment, where you round it up to in love, even if you have some feelings of ambivalence, even if you have some reservations. Nobody who's in love hasn't had to do that, hasn't had to round it up, hasn't had to, you know, bungee jump a little bit, hasn't had to decide to overlook 
the, you know, what may have been deal breakers once upon a time or their partner's shortcomings. You suspend your disbelief. You decide that this lovable person is someone that you can commit to being in love with and you make the fucking commitment. And if you're incapable of making it, you go, you leave, you stop fucking torturing that person. It's cruel to let someone say, I love you. And how do you feel about me? And then to like play fucking bullshit straight boy Hamlet games when you can't make up your fucking mind. Dump him. Do not move in with him. And do not hang out. You're 22 years old. You don't need this bullshit. Okay, the sex is great. You really like him. So tell him, you know what? Sex is great. We really like each other. Doesn't get much better than this. I love you. You love me. You're just not sure if you're in love with me. Well, make up your fucking mind or I'm out. I have to apologize for like blowing my stack, but I've been writing this stupid sex advice column for 17 years, and I've heard the same story so often from so many women, never from guys. I never hear from guys who've told some woman that they're in love with them or feel like they're in love and are you know able to make the commitment, able to, to verbalize it, who are dating some girl who's like hemming and hawing and lying on the fainting couch with her, you know, the back of her hand on her forehead going, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. It pisses me off. Because I see the emotional fallout from it and the guys who play this fucking game who think that it makes them more interesting and sometimes it all makes them Lord Byron. They're all poets as they fucking torture themselves about whether or not they're in love or just feeling love. Like, fuck off, guys. You make a decision. If you can't, cut her loose. Let her find a guy who has the emotional maturity to read his own heart, to decide to say he's in love if he's in love. And and guys – I have seen this time and time again with guys in my own life, guys that I know, gay guys, straight guys, who play this game and, you know, I I love you, but I'm not sure if I'm in love with you, who then are dumped serially by people who rightly don't want to put up with this bullshit all their lives and aren't only going to hang out so long. And time and again, these guys realize after that person who dumped them, dumped them that, oh my God, they were in love with them all along. And you know when guys realize this? When that woman or that dude is married to somebody else and it's too late to fucking do anything about it. All right? So stop fucking playing this game, boys. It's bullshit. It's pathetic. It's immature and it's not getting you anywhere. Hello. Uh, I kind of got a problem with my friend. See, I, I met his girlfriend and uh, she seemed just kind of like a real bitch to me and... Uh, I'm aware that you should never, ever, ever tell a friend that you think his girlfriend's a bitch because it never turns out well and they just, you know, it's not going to be helpful. But anyway, um, for some reason I did anyway on accident. You know, not really accident, I just did. I don't know why. But uh, I was wondering, is there any way I can fix this and, like, I can't really take it back, I guess, because I said it. I told him that, uh, I told him I guess I might get to know her better and not think that she is, but, uh, she, I just really get creepy vibe, gross vibes from her. And, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. If you got any advice, that'd be great. Of course, you should tell your friends when you think they're dating bitches. You should be probably more tactful then you sound capable of being just, you know, an assessment of your tone and the words you've chosen and the way you come across on the radio uh, or on the the telephone message. Because this ain't the radio. This is the podcast. This is the future or the death of the podcast. Um, 
we rely on our friends to give us an honest assessment of the people that we're dating because when we first start dating them, we can be besotted and see them through you know the eyes of love or the goggles of beer, and our judgment can be impaired. Uh, so we rely on our friends to give the people that you know we've decided to date uh, a fair shot and to interact with them a little bit and get to know them a little bit, and then to give us you know their honest opinion. At some point, before we do something stupid, like get that other person pregnant or marry that other person or move in with that other person or pay off that other person's credit card debt and commit to them, right? And that's what you did. Uh, how do you fix this? You really can't. If your friend's mad at you, if, his, if he told his girlfriend, and he, which he shouldn't have done because uh, that's a violation of the friendship rules, uh, and she's mad at you, the only thing that's going to work this out is the passage of time. And in the passage of time, you will either be proved right and he will break up with her. Most relationships fail until one doesn't. They all fail until one doesn't. And then you can, you know, bask in the glory of your superior judgment. And he will rely on you in future uh, to vet his girlfriends because you were right about that bitch that he had to dump or who that dumped him. Um, if you're proved wrong and they stay together, and it's not necessarily that you're going to be proved wrong and they stay together. They could stay together and she could be a bitch. Um you just have to slowly and gradually eat those words, work on patching it up. Um, mature people can have friends that don't sort of mesh with or get along like a house on fire with their significant others. You can have separate sort of friendships. You can have friendships with people who don't, you know, have a rapport with your partner. Um, you can't have a friendship with somebody who is undermining your relationship or attacking your partner, so you'll have to leave that by the side of the road. But, you know, if they stay together forever, if he marries the bitch, you can just make the bitch the uh, no-go zone in your relationship, the do-not-discuss area, and be cordial and civil like you would be to your brother's wife. If your brother married some woman you didn't like and you had to interact with her forever, you would just be unfailingly polite and uh, get along as best you could. Hey, Dan, how are you? I was just calling because, well, I'm having sort of an issue. Uh, 20-year-old gay guy. Um, I've been in, I just ended a relationship. Uh, the relationship was off and on for about two years. Um, the guy was um, about nine years older than I am, and um, he's basically had sort of insecurities about uh, my age. I mean, I realize that I'm younger than him, and I definitely haven't experienced a lot of things. But I also recognize that I am, you know, mature in some ways. I don't think age always defines everything. But anyway, I just feel like um, that since I've been in the relationship, we haven't talked in about uh, three months now, at least. And um, it's sort of affected me a lot. You know what I mean? It's the first person I've been in love with. And um, I mean, I, I feel like I can't move on at the same time. I feel like I'm wasting my time and not dating and experiencing things that I should be dating that could, you know, further hinder my development in other ways. So I just sort of want to know you have, what do you think I can do? So you got your heart broke. You just ended a relationship that was on and off for two years uh, with a guy who's nine years older. You're 20, so he's 29, which means he was 27 and you were 18 when you first started hanging out. A lot of younger gay men's first relationships are with guys who are 5, 10 years older. Uh, my first boyfriend was 10 years older than I was, and um, hearts were broken uh, when that ended. 
you, of course you're not going to be over it right away. Uh, when you're young, you do tend to become sometimes overattached to your, your first love, the first person you feel that connection with, particularly if you're gay and you were isolated before you met this person. Um, the only thing that's going to uh, help you get over this, help you move on, is the passage of time and the fucking of other people. Uh, you need to shellac yourself with about seven layers of someone else's spit from head to toe, and then you'll gradually be over this guy. You should wallow, though. You have a right to wallow. Uh, having a broken heart is a part of what love is all about, and getting your heart broken when you're young is part of what being young is all about. Rarely does someone wind up staying with forever the person that they first started dating at 18 or when they first came out or uh, you know, the first person they're dating if they're straight uh, and 18. So I don't want to you know, minimize the grand drama that is your heartbreak because for you it is a grand drama, but everybody's been there. Everybody who doesn't become bitter and twisted and stupid about it gets through it and meets the person that they ultimately do wind up shacking up with forever and who they belonged, uh, uh, who they needed to be with all along and didn't realize it when they were besotted with, you know, Mr. Wrong 10 years ago. Uh, so buck up, wallow a little bit, you know, have your cry, eat your shitty heartbreak food, whatever it might be, and then get out there with your friends, go have some fun, meet some other guys, and don't be a bitter, twisted, uh, dumb fag about getting dumped once when you were 20. Hi, this is Lisa from beautiful Southern California, and I just have this question. So my friend told me a story about a really strange death. Um, supposedly, a man dies in his home, and the police come to investigate, and they find him sitting completely naked on his floor, and uh, he's sitting completely like straight, like perfectly upright, which is really weird. So the coroner comes, and it turns out that this man has died because he was trying to put an enormous dildo up his butt, and he slipped and fell on the ground and essentially skewered himself with the giant dildo. So he's being held upright by this huge dildo that's impaled all his internal organs and killed him. And I just wanted to know if you've heard of this story, um, if it's an urban legend, and also is it even possible for a dildo to hold somebody up like that? Like, is there a dildo that's substantial enough to do that? Because um, frankly, I heard this story and I thought, yeah, right. And then I thought... Well, maybe Dan Savage now. You put me in a position of having to admit that I don't know everything. Because if there's a dildo out there that's so massive that you can impale yourself on it while you masturbate at home alone and expire and not topple over, I actually haven't seen that in the Babeland uh, stores or on their website or at Good Vibrations or Come As You Are or anywhere else that I habitually shop for sex toys. Uh, sounds like an urban legend you know heard it from a friend and if that friend can't provide you a link to the newspaper stories that were written about it it probably didn't happen that's just you know the culture likes to is obsessed with this idea that gay men are obsessed with just shoving the largest things we can possibly find up our asses which is just not true gay men don't talk about you know those ginormous dildos that you see sometimes in sex shops, those are really gag gifts in every sense of the word. Those are gag gifts. Nobody actually uses them. Straight boys who are paranoid, and I assume your friend is straight, who are paranoid about their delicate little buttholes being brutally raped at some point. Hence that show Oz on HBO, which was just like prison rape porn for straight guys. Hence the doc block on MSNBC now, which is all prison rape all the time after 10 o'clock. 
that's that's a problem that straight guys have where they worry about you know things going up their butts and gay men's raping their asses and oh my god look gay men with their gerbils and their butts and their giant dildos they don't even fall over when they die oh my god you know it tells you more about your friend than it does about this person who allegedly died that your friend is passing this news around without being able to source or cite it uh it didn't happen there are some large-ass dildos out there. You can go on the web and you can see some people using just big-ass butt plugs, big-ass dildos. But, you know, there's no one with a Vlad the Impaler fetish uh, at home working a fence post up their ass. Uh, and you can take that to the bank. Hey, Dan. Uh, my name's Joanna. I have a concern about one of my friends. No, this isn't like a ploy of, oh, my friend has this. But um, I'm really concerned about one of my friends who's been dating this guy for a long time. And he really doesn't respect her. Um, he's cheated on her before. They've gotten back together. And he's, whenever I hang out with her, he has to call her every half hour to make sure where she is. She needs his permission in order to go out. Um, I know that they have this little kink of doing threesomes with two guys. I mean, that's fine if it's one of your, you know, kinks. But what he, another thing that he does is he often says to my friend, oh, so-and-so hasn't gotten any in a while. Why don't you go sleep with him? And she whore, like he whores her out, basically. And it, it, it bothers me to treat her like that. And there was one particular time where they did have the threesome. And um, the, uh, her boyfriend actually ended up wanting to go to bed. But she was like, oh, I'm going to finish. So she finished with the other guy. And the boyfriend accused her of cheating. Um... So, yeah, I really, I don't know what to do about it. Uh, she says she doesn't want to marry the guy. She's always like, oh, figure out a way to break up with him. But she never does it. And she's like, oh, whenever he knows that you don't like him, he treats me better. So they're both, in a sense, using themselves, but using each other. But I'm, I'm, I'm really worried as to where this relationship is going to go because he does not treat her right. And I don't want it to get into a dangerous zone. So I don't know... I should confront her more or if it should get to the point of should I talk to someone else who's close to her about it and try to have like an intervention type thing or if it should just not be my business. Okay, I'm going to give this caller a call back because I want to chat with her uh, in more detail about her problem or her friend's problem. But I, this is a perfect illustration of a friend's obligation to speak her mind. Uh, you know, hearkening back to the caller earlier who felt like he made a mistake telling his buddy that the woman he's dating, in his opinion, was a bitch. Uh, and people should – he wondered if people shouldn't say anything to their friends when they don't like the people they're dating. You should say something to your friends when you don't like the people that they're dating. That's what we rely on our friends for. That's one of the responsibilities you have as a friend to your friends. And uh, this caller needs to talk with her friend about the problems uh, in this relationship, and I'm going to call her up personally and tell her so. Hey, Joanna, it's Dan. Hey, how, how are, you? are you? I'm really good. How are you? All right. How's your hoard out friend? Uh, I'm horrible. I don't <laughs> know what to do. So. Okay. The first thing you need to do is you need to separate out the two different issues at play here. Okay. Uh, on the one hand, there's the threesomes, the being hoard out, uh, and, you know, they're clearly sexually adventurous craziness that's one issue there's plenty of people out there who 
you know, have threesomes, who have, you know, who enjoy being controlled sexually, who have arrangements with, you know, husbands or boyfriends or whatever, where, you know, that person is given the power to order that other person to go sexually serve someone else. And it's part of what they enjoy doing together, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. If it turns them both on, if it's freely chosen, if it's not abusive, whatever, well, that's their deal, right? The other issue. Like I have, I have no problem with the threesome thing. It's just I don't know if the whoring out thing turns her on. Okay, well then that's part of the other issue, which is the controlling thing. There are mm-hmm. some serious red flags being waved in this relationship based on your description. Oh, the calling all the time is the one of the early red flags of an abuser. The needs his permission to go out is an early warning mm-hmm. sign of an abuser. The sexual manipulation, if she's being ordered to, you know, forced through threats of physical violence or emotional violence to have sex against her will, really, with other people, or he's tricking her into situations where then he can retaliate, as with the one example where they were having a three-way, he went to bed, she continued, and then he blew up at her for cheating. Mm-hmm. That's all warning mm-hmm. signs of an abuser. Those are early warning signs and some not-so-early warning signs of an abusive relationship. Yeah. And it is your responsibility as a friend to rub her nose in that and to have an intervention. I have talked to her and it's and parts of her agree with me, but she sees she's like she's twenty four and she's afraid of being alone. She's afraid of being rejected and I Right, and I, I that's another know. warning sign of abusers. Abusers often pick off people who are insecure, afraid of being alone. Mm-hmm. Because they're easier to manipulate, they're easier to keep on the hook than someone who is more secure and isn't afraid of being alone. You have mm-hmm. to rub her nose in the notion that being alone is better than being with this guy. Yeah. And she'll never yeah. find another guy until she's alone. Mm-hmm. Until she's um, away from this guy. Until this is over, somebody better can't yeah. really come along. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you have, like, any suggestions on how I can bring it up? Or <laughs> uh, you, could, you could make her listen to the podcast. I might. I might. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably going to have her sit down and listen to it. <laughs> this is only going to get worse, and it's only going to escalate. I'm, I'm really scared for her. And it's going to careen towards physical violence. Mm-hmm. And how old is he, roughly? He, he's 24, 25. And how old is so. she? 24. She is very young. Yes. She has no... She pardon? Yeah. She doesn't believe, she doesn't think she's young enough to meet someone else. She thinks she's too old. She thinks she has to settle down with someone. But that's, no. that's total crap. That's total yeah. bullshit. Most people at 24, people marry now in their 30s and mid-30s. People don't usually these days meet the person that they're going to spend the rest of their lives with until they're a decade older than your friend is now. And she's never mm-hmm. going to meet a decent guy or a better guy until she gets the fuck away from this guy. Yep. And if she's into some of the sex games, the... You know, the threesomes with two dudes. There are nice, decent, fun, respectful, pro-feminist guys out there who are down with that, too. And she would Mm. be a fucking gold cup. She would be, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yes, she would, yeah. She would be so much in demand and would be treasured by someone who could recognize, you know, her capacity for that kind of sexual adventurism as the, you know, perk that it is. Mm-hmm. And not take it for granted and not manipulate her with it and not abuse her for it like this yeah. jackass is. Yeah, he is. All right, yeah. <laughs> well, get up in her so, grill. That's your job as a friend. Get up in her grill. 
And watch out for your own safety, too. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. abusers, when a friend intervenes or speaks her mind, will go after that friend. So you need to be cautious, too. He already hates me. He already has gotten her drunk so that she couldn't come to my birthday party. So that's one of the things. He tries to get her not to see me because he knows that I don't approve of the relationship. Well, speak your mind, speak your mind, speak your mind. And then it may, you know, you may speak your mind, your friend may disappear for a while. Your friend may choose him, and you have a right to be angry about that. But then when mm-hmm. she comes crawling back to you uh, a year from now, when, she, you know, your words have had a chance to really sink in, and she's seen the relationship for what it is, that's usually how it works with an intervention, you know, mm-hmm. or a friend coming at you straight when you're dating somebody who's abusive or obnoxious or an asshole or bad for you, is yeah. you get defensive, you say they're wrong, you recommit for a while to that relationship, and then you have to, you know, go crawling back to those friends later and say, you were right, I should have listened to you. And then your job as a friend at that moment is not to be a dick about it. And say, oh, definitely. You know I love, Welcome back I love to our to friendship. Yeah. All mm-hmm. is forgiven. I'm so glad you finally realized. What, how can I help you get out of this? Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, I love her to death and I want to support her. So thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Good luck. Well, we're going to leave it in that very depressing place this week. Uh, this has been the Savage Lovecast. I'm Dan Savage. The number here, if you'd like to record a question for a future Savage Lovecast, 206-201-2720. And you download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. Uh, program note about the lovely intro music, which is contributed to us by a listener. Uh, that's by The Popovers. They're a pop band, and they have a MySpace page, like every respectable pop band these days, and you should go check them out. Uh, Tim is the lead singer, and Katie was singing backup, and we really love uh, their new music bed intro for Savage Lovecast, and they're creating an outro for us, so you'll be hearing more from The Popovers on the Lovecast in the future. 